0: Signs that your relationship could be heading to a separation. So has the spark faded in your relationship? Are you drifting apart? What do you look out for? What can indicate that there's a lack of connection in the relationship? And just exploring this notion of is it normal? Is it to be expected that the spark will fade in your relationship? So what is normal to be, ex- what is normal to expect and what can be worked on and what ultimately can't? So I remember reading this recently and it was an interesting statistics, statistic and what it stated was that 80% of divorce is due to people drifting apart and not feeling loved or appreciated. And this was from the California Divorce Mediation Project. And what I've noticed anyway, and I've seen this before with the Gottman Institute, there's certain things, certain pillars that will be present in a functioning, healthy, long-term relationship. And one of the things that's often most overlooked is the connection, is the sense of closeness, is the sense of friendship between the two people. And sometimes people get really kind of twisted when they talk about friendship because then they start to maybe unconsciously relate this to, well, we feel like friends or we feel like roommates, it's not the same. That's not what I mean. Like, I mean, like a deep bond of friendship is very different. The feeling like friends, you know, because especially when you start looking at it through the lens of attraction and intimacy and closeness and stuff, then it, then it takes on a different kind of meaning. But a core of friendship, like do you enjoy spending time together? Do you, Can you be yourself around them? Can you open up? Can you share your day with them? Is there enthusiasm, effort, interest? Is there a core friendship between the two of these? So this is interesting when we talk about one of the predictors for relationships ending and separation and also what actually leads to intimacy declining and closeness and connections a big big part of it and i think if you were to ask random people you know what would they believe is the biggest reason for relationships ending, especially now in this modern era where we've got social media and all these kind of dating apps i'm sure the first thing that many people would talk about is a change in morals a change in values cheating would probably be the first thing that most people would indicate as the cause of a relationship breaking down however i believe connection is a big factor and I believe that some long-term relationships die many, many deaths slowly over a period of time. So back to what I was saying there about the core of friendship, do you enjoy spending time together? Do you show interest in each other? Can you show your false self? Is it safe for you to be vulnerable? Do you feel appreciated? Do you feel like there's affection between you? Do you feel like there's an actual bond between the two of you? Is there positive regard for one another? Are you appreciative and grateful to have each other in each other's lives? or like, do you communicate these to to each other? You know, when you're looking at the sum of your interactions throughout a day is for the most part, are they more positive than negative? You know, and that, that can be one of the indicators of how am I experiencing the relationship? For the most part, when we interact, is the the, the bulk of interactions positive? So your relationship could be headed towards a separation If the connection between the two of these isn't fostered and nurtured intentionally. Now that's slightly different, you know, from that other topic that we were talking about, about the spark fading. But I'll come back to that because that is connected under this notion of drifting apart. So I remember reading this before, you know, one of the questions that comes up for couples, especially when they feel disconnected from each other, is this idea of, are you there for me? And there's an acronym or a mnemonic, I can't remember which it is, are you there for me? So, is the person accessible, are they responsive, and are they engaging? So, unpacking this, I'm just going to think out loud, not really ramble, but I'm going to just state state what I've written down here. So, are you there for me when I need you? Can I rely on you? Are you there physically and emotionally? Are you present when you're with me? And that's such a big one, like... Do you have to vie or fight for your attention? Are you connected to a device? Are you constantly juggling more calls? Is there always this queue of people that are in front of me in this dynamic? Are you tuned to me? Are you aware of my emotions? Are you really hold that space for me? Are you aware of what's going on within the relationship, my experience of the relationship, how you're showing up in the relationship? Do you even care? Big question. Do you show attention towards me and my experience? So this is a really big one. Um, especially when we talk about sharing our day, just something as simple a, and a daily ritual as sharing your day. Do you greet each other when you come on the door? Do you kiss each other in the morning? Say good morning. Do you say that you love each other throughout the day? Do you show, do you have little bonds of affection and rituals that you show throughout the day? Um, and even that thing about do, do you have the person's attention? Like it's not always what's being shared. It's, what they would call a bed for a connection, that, that, uh, that practice of, you know, this happened at work today or, you know, I had this conversation and so and so. And it's not that that is a very significant or meaningful thing. And in some cases it is, but for the most part, it's like I'm trying to share my inner experience with you. I'm trying to share a part of my world with you because you matter to me and this is meaningful. And I want to connect with you on this at this point in time. So can you be there for me? Can you be there to support me when things are going on to help me through things emotionally? Can you help me soothe? You know, this is this thing about co-regulation, self-regulation. Can you help me get grounded? Can you help me problem solve? And that's not to say your partner has to jiggle all these hats all the time, but for the most part over the duration of the relationship, are you there for me? Um, Can I share what's coming up for me? This is such an underrated thing. Can you show me that you're curious about my inner experience? And that you want to understand what's coming up for me so this is a big thing for connection like trying to share something with your partner trying to open up with your partner even if it's not rooted in vulnerability but just having their presence having their attention having their focus having their time their energy and you know them showing that there's a willingness for them to connect and that leads on to the next part are you responsive to me do you notice my bids for connection can i come to you and share my day can you be with me When I want to share the daily small things. And can we do this often? Can't get my breath. (laughs) Do you show me that what I want to talk about with you is worthwhile? You know, so that's that thing about validating and showing presence. And, you know, sometimes even showing empathy when they're sharing things that are difficult. And I think that's really important. Um, Where am I? Uh, the, The things I'm sharing are worth acknowledging that I matter to you and that this relationship matters to you. there a sort of core of the there for each other, wanting to spend time together, not feeling forced on that, that we can grow together, share experiences together. This is such a big one, that we haven't drafted on the living parallel lives. That, 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 that notion of space hasn't got to the point where it feels like we're left living in two different directions. You know, I'm about doing my day-to-day thing, you're about doing your day-to-day thing, but we haven't got that connection between us anymore? It feels like we're in three different directions. Can you help shoulder the load of responsibility in the relationship so that I don't feel like I have to do it all alone? That you will support me as an equal in this relationship? That is such a fucking big one, especially when we talk about, like, ways of contribution in the relationship. So it could be emotional support, financial support, it could be helping out with chores, it could be helping out with household responsibilities, it could be so many different things, but is there a willingness to shoulder part of the load so that it's not all put on one person to bear that responsibility alone. And then engaging, uh, the last part of that are, are you there for me? You know, are you emotionally present? Do I have to fight for your time to get a sliver of connection? Do you respond to me? Can you show enthusiasm, enthusiasm and effort to be present towards me in the relationship? Can you show me empathy, respect and understanding? Are you willing to hear me and validate my experience? And can you do this even when we might feel differently about something? So, like, validating somebody's experience is not the same as totally agreeing with them. And I think some people get this to us that I can validate where somebody's coming from and fully relate to what they're experiencing. But that doesn't mean we're going to see IDI all the time on certain things. We might actually actively disagree. But is there a core of respect between the two of you? And that, that is something that has to be kept sacred within the relationship. So I'm going to look at some things now that can give food for thought around signs that the relationship is heading in a bad direction or it's maybe heading towards disconnection or potential separation. So one major indicator that things aren't in a good place could be that the person is consistently disconnecting and ignoring shows and ignoring intention in my eyes. Ignoring any attempts to share or connect with them. So this looks like they're totally disinterested in you, they're disinterested in what you want to share, they don't really care about spending time with you, prioritizing the quality of the connection or the relationship between you both. And this can be called turning away from the partner, not actually nurturing the connection, not acknowledging the other person's bid for connection and the other partner consistently feeling left alone and shut out and shut down often with their feelings, thoughts and emotions. So that's a big one that's, and it's, it's a horrible place to be. It can, it can cause massive loneliness, um, pain, hurt, rejection within an actual container of a relationship. So another big sign the person is showing you consistently over a prolonged period of time that they are not emotionally available. They're not connected to themselves. They're not aware of their own emotional experience. You know, they might be actively numbing themselves to what's going on, distracting themselves. They're not present enough to be able to hold space. They don't know how to regulate their own emotions. They're not there to help you regulate yours. Um, they're not willing to do that. Um, they're not there to support you through things. They might actively let you down and they're not attuned to you, your needs, or your feelings at all. So it's another big big thing they look out for. Some of these might parallel or overlap a little bit, but I, I, like I'm doing my best to make like this as concise as I can. And as detailed as I can, I suppose, at the same time. Um, a constant feeling of loneliness, feeling like you're living separate lives more and more, a lack of closeness between you, so it's obvious, a lack of interest in each other, and this can also show up in partners making decisions solely for the self, with little to no regard of the impact on the other partners. So, this is especially when that always, wo- oh, I can't get my words out, this is more noticeable when that. Wasn't the norm. So when they did show you a degree of, uh, a degree of respect, a degree of courtesy, they did fact in on the decision making, and now it's went from one extreme to the other. They're not. They're just totally disconnected. That's interest that they don't really give any regard for the impact, and they're just making decisions just solely based on what they think and what they need and what they want going forward. And at the under underpinning that is a lack of respect towards one another, or from them towards the partner one of the things to be aware of for yourself and your own experiences your own emotional experience of the relationship so little joy happiness you know less moments of affection between the two of these maybe even less humor if that was something that was there before as a bond it might be significantly less humor shared between you a growing number and i mentioned this earlier a growing number of negative interactions the positive so the negative frequency of interactions is outweighing the positive ones over time and this can also lead to feeling taken for granted, and that leads to massive resentment and frustration. And that comes back to what I was saying there earlier about feeling like you have to shoulder the load. Uh, it could be with um, childcare, it could be with loads of different things, but and it'll show up differently in different relationships. But feeling taken for granted is a horrible, horrible feeling, especially when the person is showing you maybe through their communication or their behaviour that they don't actually care, um, and that you should just get on with it. Uh, Lack of fulfillment in relationships. relationships is a big one. Obviously, where there's less connection and less closeness and intimacy, there's going to be a lack of fulfillment. But some people consciously will settle for this um, because it's the lesser of two evils. They might be afraid to be on their own. They might be afraid to start again. They might be afraid to leave. There might be a load of different factors containing them and keeping them in that. Or they might have some very vague, unrealistic or disempowering assumptions about what relationships should be now. A lack of fulfillment in the relationship, there's maybe certain things that can be built on, but if your experience is really underwhelming, it goes without saying. But if this is the norm, it's also very likely that your sex life is also affected as well. That's one of the big questions that um, some really good therapists I've worked with in the past will ask when you're dealing with couples, like, how is your sex life? What is the frequency, the quality of your sex life been like? Has it been like this over a prolonged period of time? Sex may have become very infrequent, now this doesn't, they say, like, there's different elements of, like, mismatch sex drives, life stressors, you know, post-pregnancy, there can be loads of different things at play, but in this context, for the sake of this conversation, we'll we'll say that there's been a noticeable change, and it's got negative, it's got less fulfilling, it's got less frequent, Um, there's no communication, it's not being prioritised, might even feel like a chore or an obligation, even when it does happen, now there's reasons why that can get to that place, and that's a whole other episode to talk about. But one of the things that can contribute to that is disconnection, is that resentment, is that frustration, is feeling alone with your feelings. You know, maybe being caught in constant cycles of conflict, unresolved arguments. And like I mentioned there, life stressors is a major impact on a person's sex life. And especially, I'm not saying especially for men, but you know, when you look at relative sex drive and we look at the things that can impact male testosterone and the ability to perform. If stress is too high and that stress isn't being regulated or dealt with, it can lead to all sorts of performance issues. And then obviously we've got physiological factors they look at as well, but for the most part, if there's constant stress and tension within the relationship, it is very likely the sex life might also have been affected as well. Because how willing or how much you want to connect with somebody when you're feeling that disconnection, when you're feeling that distance between you, when you're feeling that there's them actively pushing away or pulling back from you or maybe treating you in a way that doesn't warm you up to them um so other signs to look out for recognizing and feeling like your needs wants don't matter to your partner that they ignore your requests for things to change this is even when you're communicating that they're ignoring it disregarding it feeling like you can't be vulnerable or authentic around them so spoke the death about this before about safety and about respect and about your you know your partner holding a solid space if you can't be vulnerable or authentic or be yourself that's not a good space for you to be in. or if you have to be somebody that you're not in order for this to function that's not good um and again, I mentioned before, feeling like you need to carry the burden of the responsibility for the relationship without support from your partner. So I mentioned finances, chores, uh, looking after children, definitely responsibilities, but the constant pattern of conflict, you know, the Gottman Institute have talked about this, you've got solvable problems and you've got perpetual problems. So perpetual problems are sometimes problems without solutions where we have to look more towards compromise where possible solvable problems are things that we can talk about and we can move through it and you know we might identify the pattern but there's certain percentages of problems that will come up again and again and again and it's about looking at the communication looking at how we move through this how we're behaving but what they find is that in relationships with certain communication dynamics and spoke about you know the four horsemen before defensiveness criticism stonewalling, and contempt That leads to a major disconnection. It leads to major, major problems in the relationship. Now, some of these are very normalized because of relational templates that you may or may not have grown up with, behavior that you might have seen modeled. But it massively affects the quality of the relationship, the experience of the relationship. And where these elements are at play, it's very likely that if that's not dealt with, the relationship will end at some point in time. In fact, it was seen as a predictor four marriages ending within the Gottman Institute, you know, they had the data there to indicate that where the four horsemen were present, there was a high likelihood that that marriage or relationship could be over within five years or I think maybe a bit more. Um, so very obvious signs feeling like you need to walk in eggshells, you know, avoid conflict at all costs in order to keep the peace or freedom for the relationship they function. Like, you know, that's, that's not good as it stands feeling constantly blamed or that cycle of communication. You're caught in the blame game or what's also known as finding the bad guy always trying to find the bad person the person that's at fault um, and remember when you're constantly being blamed that like when i would teach this before like I point the finger because that was the way the satire method would have spoke about blame point the finger and it's like you've got all that distance between the two of you metaphorically and then also when you're in blame you're not looking at your partner that answer you're not looking at your element of responsibility how you contributed to this dance and this is where couples counseling, this is where your own personal therapy and looking at your communication pattern, your relational template can help shift that. But anyway, where there's constant conflict and cycles of blame and dysfunctional communication and all those um, severe problems with like the defensiveness conflict or defensiveness, criticism, stonewalling, and contempt, like they're majorly, majorly problematic behaviors. Defensiveness for a start. You're completely shutting the person out. You're invalidating where they're coming from. You're leaving them alone in their emotional experience. You're you're shifting responsibility. You're not actually acknowledging, you know, what's going on. It's very disconnecting. Criticism, you're attacking the person's character. You're going after them personally. Um, Like, we all know how icky and disgusting it feels to be criticised, especially when it's somebody that you love. Stonewalling, massively punishing. spoke about this before at length. It's like silent treatment. It just instills guilt, hurt um frustration pain it's just such a horrible experience to be stonewalled, mold especially when it goes on for prolonged periods of time because it, it's, it's a form of manipulation as well it's guilt on someone the compliance punishing someone the compliance and then contempt seeing the absolute worst on somebody treating them in such a demeaning and contemptuous and disrespectful and degrading way and that could come up through belittling them you know dragging up their past to humiliate or shame them all these different behaviors that you know, if that's become the norm or in the relationship, that's not a good sign. It's a sign the relationship is moving in a bad direction. Your trust being broken steadily in the relationship is another thing to look out for. You know, trust is a major pillar within the relationship. And it comes back to that acronym I mentioned at the start, like, are you there for me? Can I rely on you? Can I relax on the relationship? Can I count on you when I need you? And if people break their promises, promises Break their promises and don't show up for you and don't follow through, and the word doesn't mean anything. They're out of, Not only are they out of integrity with themselves, but they're out of integrity with you. And it's very hard for you to have that sense of security and connection and safety in a relationship because trust is a major element of that. And that also goes hand in hand with your boundaries being constantly violated and ignored. Um, and within betrayals, like betrayals look like different things to different people. Obviously, a lot of people think of cheating in affairs, but it can be. You know, somebody talking shit about you, like your partner talking shit about you, do your collective friend group, discussing your problems openly in a very demeaning or biased way, doing things they de- actively like sharing stuff without your permission, very personal, raw, vulnerable stuff that you might have shared with them, sharing that way a group of people without your permission. There's loads of ways betrayals can take um place and actually severely impact the connection between the two of you. But on that that topic about the person not being there you, like where this can massively rupture connection in a a relationship and i'll give you a very very simple example when somebody for example is maybe going through grief where they're maybe losing a parent or they're losing somebody in their life that's dying and they're overwhelmed and they're not able to regulate and they're not coping and throughout that period of time their partner is just not there for them they're not present they're not showing any interest they're not in any way attuned to what's going on, or they've actively taken themselves out of that situation and left that person alone and they're hurt and in their pain and in their suffering. Or maybe, you know, this this can manifest a lot of other different scenarios, but at the core of that, that person has had to be alone in that experience. And that that rupture of trust, that rupture of loyalty, that rupture of, you know, being there to support them as a partner, as their person, can be very hard to come back from, and it's not even likely that that can happen. That they, they can repair that and therapy. I mean, it's there's a handful of experiences I think some people will go through in their life where you have to step up as a partner, and I think that's a big, big one. If you go through something really, really tumultuous or upsetting or fucking horrendous that you have to go through, and your partner actively chooses not to be there um, and prioritizes something else, and that there can be reasons why, but we're not about we're not about that right now. Um, that can majorly, majorly affect the quality of the relationship and the connection within the relationship. Another big one, coming back to uh conflict, no attempt to ever apologize or make a repair. That is a major indication that things aren't good in the relationship. You need to learn, people in general need to learn to apologize and apologize in a way that is effective and resonates with the partner. You know, acknowledging the hurt that was caused, making amends. Promising not to do it again, committing to changing the behavior, giving them space to process their emotions and not and forgiveness for the sake of ego. Um but also that the repairs, you know, are rebuilding trust, rebuilding safety, that they're showing respect for the person, the person's emotions, um, that you're willing to attune to them, you're willing to actually work on things and show that willingness to actually be a more consistent partner for them. And when people choose not to apologize or, you know, reject the notion of it at all, you know, it's very disrespectful, it's very hurtful. And, you know, there's reasons for that people's condition around what they think apologizing means or what it looks like. And also I suppose in a gendered way, some men are just totally against apologizing because they think it's beneath them or they think it makes them weak, or they think it makes them X, Y, and Z. But the reality is You know you're going to go through your life and it's not realistic they say that you're never going to apologize for anything in your life like somebody's going to hold you accountable somebody's going to check you and as a man it might be another man that checks you it might be another man that puts you in your place and holds you accountable for the things that you've done and i would imagine that most men have had to hold their hands up and apologize for things that they've done so you know learn to get out of your own way learn to move through your ego and acknowledge right if i want this relationship to be fulfilled if i want all these things that i say that i want I have to acknowledge my own personal responsibility for the hurt that I might be causing my partner, whether it's intentional or inadvertent. Um, and apologizing doesn't make me less of a person to be doing that. You know, it's part of like, being a responsible, consistent partner as well. And the thing is like, we expect it from our leaders and we expect it from the people that we look up to in life. So why can we not embody that in the relationship when we have done something wrong? And this is different from chronically blaming somebody and chronically expecting them to take responsibility and say sorry, when there's when they've done nothing wrong, that's a very different dynamic and that's more present than coercive and abusive relationships. But we're going off on a tangent. Again, apology language is massively underrated, learning how to make repairs in the relationship, remembering how to foster that connection, the closeness so that intimacy and stuff like that can be built on. Um, and I'll come down to intimacy after this, but just on that, um, another big thing not having your own autonomy so that's the other extreme about loving parallel lives but not being able to make your own choices out of fear fear how they might react not having your own independence um, not having any kind of space so the other extreme of having spaces to completely threaten and derail the relationship so you have no sense of self you feel like you're completely defined or it's expected that you're completely defined by the relationship you know because you need space to be able to attend to your well-being but there is that balance around time spent for yourself time spent with your partner um and also allowing them the same space and freedom to attend themselves, They you know, foster their other interpersonal relationships with friends, family, you know, their career, different things that's going on. But it's it's that balance between not having that much space that you know you're totally disconnected, that you're living parallel, completely separate lives, and then the other extreme where it's overly enmeshed to the point where you know you don't feel like have any space at all. Um and it goes without saying too that there shouldn't be any kind of continuous abusive behavior that should it should never be expected that you should be tolerating that that can be if abusive behaviors in the relationship the relationship's chilled. you know you even taking yourself on the therapy thinking that you're going to correct your behavior if you're the partner on the receiving end of the abuse like there's only so much that's possible you can't heal or make changes in an abusive environment especially when somebody is not recognizing the impact or doesn't care about the impact of their abusive behavior towards you and just they finish on these signs as well um you don't trust them you don't trust that their loyalty they've stopped talking about a shared future together they don't make plans with you on them for the long term you don't feel like you're on the same page in terms of what you want for the future there might not even be any future based talking at all um there might be no degree of commitment. No discussion around the long term trajectory of where things are going. Um and again, like that that that's a hard reality to sit with. And I know I've given you a lot of thinking points that are on this, but the problem is people can see that these things are there. People can see that the relationship has shifted. People can see that it's not what it was. And I think like I've spoken about this before, the highlight reel and the nostalgia trap. That when things are shit, some of the things that people will do to sustain their effort to stay in the relationship is to go back to the good times go back and think about well, the early stages of the relationship but one of the key things that you have to remember about this as well is you're reflecting on the things that they were doing at that point in time that were good you know when was the last time that you were actually experiencing this and feeling this and where that effort was made and you know how much has the things substantially changed since then you know you can't that's not going to sustain you going forward especially in a long-term relationship there has to be intention there has to be effort made you have to choose to work on certain things and some people be like oh well you know if relationships a good healthy fulfilling perfect really not perfect but really great relationship i shouldn't have to do x y and z and it should just flow and it should just be easy and you know we don't we shouldn't have to talk about sex it should just happen we shouldn't have to talk about intimacy i shouldn't have to tell them you know we need to plan dates i shouldn't have to tell them they do x y and z and i get that i get that a lot of people might think that but again in a long-term relationship. You have to be intentional. You have to look at what you can control. You can look at your part in that dance. You know, and it's not to say these are immediately going to go to couples therapy and start unpacking stuff and looking at stuff. And obviously context is important. But when I educate myself on what makes a good relationship, I can hold myself accountable. What am I doing? How am I showing up? How how well have I attuned to my partner? How well am I? Making this person feel connected to me, am I making them feel valued, loved, appreciated, respected? Do I make them feel like a priority. Do I show them that the relationship matters to me. Do I do these small things often they build positive regard with my partner? Do I feel positive about her? Do I feel grateful to have this person in my life? um Those are things that I can control, but. What I what will chin any relationship, if it's in a bad place, is just burying your head in the sand, thinking everything's grand. Then deluding yourself and being in that place of denial, when you know that it's not good, when you know that there's things that are drastic that need to change, you know, that's a form of self-deception. And it's like, and I've said this to death too, if nothing changes, nothing's going to change. You know, you're sitting there holding all these feelings and hoping for things to be different. And the thing is, you might find yourself in a loveless sexless marriage or relationship unfulfilled unhappy settling for whatever reason and you know a bit of action and a bit of intention and a bit of the right communication and skills and willingness of both people to work on things can transform this and again when we look at the contributors as they want could be causing the separation or causing things to drift apart or feel different communication is at the core of it You know, some people won't talk to their partner about anything because it leads to an escalation. Maybe the defensiveness and criticism and contempt is so bad that they don't want to talk about certain things or they get shut down or shut out. And that's a slightly different dynamic. But it's also an indicator that things aren't good in the relationship. And either way, if the person was open to this and you did bring it up, even if you were afraid of how they might handle it, there's scope then there for growth if they can get out of their own way and they can choose to work on things with you, you know, have that willingness to sit down and share each other's experience and share what's coming up for each other and actually change things. Um and again, you you have any self betray settle for something that you know is not right and your heart's not good for you because you're out of integrity with yourself, you're out of alignment with yourself you're not you're not being fully honest and true and real with yourself um, and that's that's holding you back in your life because you'll not be free to do the things that you really need to do to have the kind of relationship and quality of life that you want and you might actually be finding that you're toning yourself down or changing who you are and settling for things that you ordinarily wouldn't settle for because you're just trying to make this relationship function And it might be costing you so much that you're not even aware of. And I think that's something that people really need to recognize. If you believe that this is the only life that you're ever going to have, the quality of your relationship is significantly going to determine the quality of your life. And that's the truth. Like, you look at any personal development book, you look at any coaching book, you look at anything to do with therapy, the quality, the sum quality of your relationships will determine, you know, the quality of your life in many ways. And if you're settling for something that's not adding to your quality of life, it's making you deeply unhappy deeply unfulfilled and you're not willing to do anything about it at all out of fear lack of self-esteem lack of confidence lack of self-worth or you know any other reason then it's a horrible place to be but i'm hoping people are listening to this or it's going to jog them into some sort of action it's going to make them lead into some sort of conversation or even just they pause and reflect and see what's coming up for you that that's massive in and of itself you shouldn't have to lie to yourself about the nature of a relationship, or lie to yourself about what it's been like for you. And sometimes we do this because we're afraid of change. We're afraid of, you know, the unknown or the uncertainty that can come with. Well, what if I do try to do this and it doesn't work out? Or what if I do I do, do this or I decide they leave or I make a big change and it doesn't work out? You know, the opposite's also true. It's plausible. What if it does? What if this person meets you halfway? What if they choose to work on a relationship and it gets amazing? Or what if that relationship wasn't right for you in the first place and be taking action? You take yourself out of it. Or maybe you come into a, a space and you talk about what's been going on. You realize, fuck, this has been really abusive. I didn't realize it was as bad as what it was. Or that it was affecting me and making me feel this way for so long. Um, And then again, even within that space, if your partner shares with you, you know, maybe there's stuff they've held back on saying for most of the time because embarrassment, shame, guilt, there could be unresolved trauma, there could be addiction, it could be physiological stuff that's going on, especially when we talk about intimacy and not being able to perform and not being able to connect. There could be major things that are going on for them that they haven't communicated, and vice versa. You know, when we talk about psychosexual issues, you know, often a partner might be like, Well, what is it about me? Why does this person not want to have sex with me? Why do they not want to be closer, or initiate, or whatever it is? But because we're not communicating we're not sharing around our experience we're not using our voice in that way we might never get to the core of what it is and fall into that assumption trap you take a big breath so just on that like i i believe closeness and connection can be intentionally built upon i think it can be focused and it it can be developed if people choose to put the effort on it and the work on and learn to understand each other and it does take commitment and a willingness from both people and there are practices and actions that are proven to bring people to get they bring people together like it's not all doom and gloom when it comes to relationships people can have amazing fulfilling relationships and you know that, that closeness and growth it doesn't have to fade i genuinely don't believe it has to fade because some of the most successful happy people you'll meet in your life have been in long-term relationships long-term marriages and they continue to grow and they continue to thrive and they continue to feel close and that doesn't mean that you know the intimacy has to fade or you know there's there's certain practices that can help that for the long term i don't think you should settle for less i don't think that means um that it's not going to require communication that it's not going to require effort that it's not going to require a bit of a focused intention on how you're showing up and working through things but i do think that things can be massively and drastically improved on and both people choose to prioritize the quality of the relationship for each other, clear the the fluff and the shit that's between the two of these that's not being spoken about, and have more effective ways of connecting, communicating, repairing, prioritizing um, the closeness and the understanding between the two of these. And like, look, a really good relationship, a really healthy, fulfilling relationship will have certain needs to be met. You need to feel needed. You need to feel wanted. You, you need to feel seen and understood and massively you need to feel appreciated. That is so important. They know that the person is going to be there for you when you need them. They know that you can be safe and vulnerable with them, that you can share even the most raw parts of yourself with them and know that they're going to be non-judgmental. They're going to be respectful. They're going to hold that space for you, that they can be there for you, that they can be safe and understanding and show empathy and curiosity towards you when you're in that place and that there's a foundation of trust and loyalty and fidelity and respect between the two of you do you know that you trust them as much as they trust you and that commitment to each other is clear and i think that's so fucking important that that commitment is in no way shape or form ambiguous. you know they're in this with you and that they're as invested in the future together as you are do you know that you don't need to be perfect and that if you're getting it right most of the time and that you're choosing to show up as your best most authentic self and do as much as you can and work through things when they go tits up that that's enough and that you at your core are enough as who you are and that you're not too much and i think some people have this as well Oh, i'm just too much and you know if i was more this or if i was less this like look at the core of who you are when you show the the, the realest truest aspect of self the most congruent version of you that there's acceptance of that from your partner and that's not to say like all the fucking negative stuff that needs to be worked on just get swept under the carpet but they see the whole person, not the potential of who you could be, the whole person. And that that's enough that they love you for that. Not who you need to be or what you need to embody or do for them in order to be worthy of love, but that you're loved for who you are at your core. That there's a willing, willingness between us both to be open, honest and transparent and to be willing to work, work through things together. Not just to shut down, shut out, sweep it on the carpet ignore it, deny it and move forward, but that we'll get on And we'll muck on together and we'll work through things. And we'll, you know, we'll have that intention for the relationship. And I just want to finish, like, even just something very, very light, very very actionable that you can do immediately from this. Establish rituals of connection. Just something small that you can take away from this right now, that you can even do that can improve your relationship just gradually already. Rituals of connection. Greeting each other every day. You know, when you wake up, you know, maybe even kissing the person and telling them that you love them. When you come home from work or when you leave to go out and do X, Y, and Z, that you acknowledge each other when you leave, you acknowledge each other when you come home. You know, you make an effort to show affection, say that you love them, kiss them, cuddle them, whatever it is. Making weekly plans and dates, even if it's just a wee small thing, making it a priority so that it's not overlooked. Doing something that will help you connect to them. So it could be something simple. Like I know my partner loves the the cinema. It could be going to the cinema. It could be going for a coffee. It It could be Go into somewhere that you know they like for breakfast. It could just be something small, but small things add up. And it's the small things that really do help define the relationship over time and the connection because it's showing showing them that you're thinking about them and that they matter to you and that you want to help them feel a certain way. Complimenting each other sincerely and meaning it. Underrated. I think that's something that we can do immediately. Um, Surprising one another. This is where love languages come in. How do they feel most connected? Can you do anything around that? Another one that you can implement straight away, appreciation. Showing them that you appreciate them. Thank them for the things that you're doing. You know, communicate that gratitude and affection towards them. And that'll go a long way in the very early stages of building that connection again. Um, and this is something that I've been working on a lot, like a lot this last while. And I'm going to be launching a program for couples very, very soon. So stay posted on that. Keep an eye on me social media. You can join um, my newsletter through the link of my bio and also my website, and I'll be, you know, communicating when this is going live. But this is an in-depth um, program that I'm very, very excited to be launching, and it's going to be focusing on connection, building intimacy, say, you know, fostering that closeness and a relationship. So. Whether you're in a short-term relationship or a long-term relationship, this will be transformative. I am putting so much under this. Um, and I want it to be like a go-to for people as well. that They can keep coming back then. They can keep replenishing and renewing and going through it and growing through the process. And, you know, if you go into this with your partner, you are both going to take so much away from this. That I can guarantee. Um, I feel like even creating this and moving through it, it has helped me be more intentional on in how I am showing up in relationships. Or not showing up in a relationship. Showing up in my relationship, um, and just it, it, it's highlighted so much to me in that regard. And I'm excited to share it with people. I'm excited to actually lead it. I wanted to do to do this live as well, so we can have that community interaction, um, give people's experiences, and obviously build on it and make it more refined as we go forward. So I just want to say thanks so much for listening. Um, if you have any thoughts on this at all, please send me a DM. You know connect with me on social media i'm on facebook i'm on instagram i'm on TikTok. um let me know your thoughts let me know your your experiences you know if if you've been in a scenario where you've noticed the spark fade if you've been in a situation where you felt somebody pulling back or you know how did you cope when you could see that things were moving towards separation you know share this with me give me a shout message me um it'll be brilliant to connect and i just want to say thanks so much for listening to the podcast